Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in, Hokie Nation. Happy Monday and welcome into TSL today. I'm Giovanni Heater. Across the way, Carter Hill. Behind the scenes, Kyle Marshak. Man, it's starting to get chilly here in Blacksburg, but the basketball teams are red hot. We got a lot of good stuff for you. The transfer portal in college football is upon us. Plenty of news and updates to cover. We got it all here for you. TSL today on a Monday from Blacksburg. Thank you so much for joining us on your Monday evening ride home. However you may viewing or listening, whether you're on YouTube or Spotify, we really appreciate your support and really welcome any feedback as well for more stuff you'd like to see, hear, listen to on the show. It really does help us put out our best product. Again, Carter Hill across the way, Kyle Marshak behind the scenes. I'm Giovanni Heater. Carter, let's get right into it. Let's talk about this transfer portal here for college football. It was opened today. And man, has it already made a big time splash. It's spreading like wildfire. It's absolutely ridiculous what is happening in college football right now. I mean, just the transformation of the industry. Virginia Tech already has 10 transfer portal entries. And that, that's not just it. Like, we look across the ACC. We look across college football. The conference already has six of its starting quarterbacks that have entered the portal. We look at Virginia Tech right now, the likes of DJ Harvey, Armani Chapman, Caleb Smith. They've all already entered the portal looking for homes elsewhere. It truly is a new era. And not even just with the portal. Scott Satterfield is leaving Louisville to be the head coach of Cincinnati, the team that his former team is about to play in a bowl game in a couple weeks. Very strange day in college football, particularly, and it's only going to continue to grow when it comes to the portal over the next couple of weeks. No doubt about it. So to go down the list of Virginia Tech players currently uh, in in the portal, DJ Harvey was the first to enter the portal. Uh, Matthias Carroll is in the portal. Lakeem Rudolph, both of those two defensive end. Uh, Desmond Mamoudi, a defensive tackle, is in. Uh, Armani Chapman, who played pretty much every single game this season, uh, barring injury um, from Virginia Beach, a redshirt senior, has entered entered the portal. Caleb Smith with one year of eligibility left. Uh, Virginia Tech's leading receiver, number one receiver, has entered the portal. Uh, long snapper Enzo Anthony entered the portal. Keyshawn Artis, linebacker out of Chesapeake, another redshirt senior, has entered the portal. And Jason Brown, uh, if he is granted one more year of eligibility, he is officially in the transfer portal as well. So uh, William Kakavitsis is the 10th. He has entered the transfer portal as of this moment. It is currently 340 45 p.m. Monday, December 5th, 2022. There are 10 Hokies in the portal. That could change in the next five minutes. So yeah. we had to document when it is, but uh, <laughs> a lot of news coming out all day long about it. Yeah, like I just mentioned, I mean, they already have 10 people in the portal. It's pretty unprecedented, and we're seeing this all across the country. I mentioned it with the starting quarterbacks in the ACC. The fact that Devin Leary, who's been at NC State for five years, is now in the portal, it really just speaks volumes to where we're at when it comes to college football. Keaton Slovis has entered the portal because Folger Kovic, former quarterback at Boston College, is on, is on his way to the Steel Who started City. at Notre Dame. Who started at Notre Dame, who started at Boston College, and now he's with the Pitt Panthers. So yeah. it's 
I don't know what to think of it because I really do think the transfer portal is a good thing. And we know it's going to continue to get worse and continue to spread even more year in and year out. It's so strange, though, to see college football be treated like free agency. Now, I don't know your thoughts on it, but the fact that we're seeing now players leaving left and right and they essentially like there can be a star player at any given school. There's a starting offensive tackle at Alabama. Forgive me. I forget his name. He entered the portal today. Yeah. And he's going to go elsewhere. Just a new era of college football, man. Well, here's my thoughts on it. And it's like, how do how, how do you qualify to have an opinion? Love the portal. Think it gives opportunity to guys to go elsewhere. It also helps you have the ability to build your team quicker. A rebuild mm-hmm. is quicker when you don't have to necessarily um, develop freshmen right from your program. Like You can instantly get a little bit better with additions from the portal as a program. Um, here's my great gripe with it, I guess. Why right now? Because now you're taking so much meaningless or meaningful football away with bowl season. I mean, look at Pitt. They got a great opportunity in a good bowl game to go play in the Sun Bowl, uh, to play against the team in the Pac-12, and now their quarterback's not even going to play in that ball game. There's no yeah. way he plays for Pittsburgh in that game. And, and that's just one example. How, like, I understand when guys leave, when they have the opportunity to go to the NFL and make a lot of money, and there's money on the line, a guy like Kenny Pickett last year um, and, and, and stuff like that, um, Kenneth Walker uh, in that same game. Garrett Wilson, cornerback for Ohio State, skipped out on the Rose Bowl to go right. to the NFL. Right, and, and it happens all the time. Um, but... When it comes to transferring, you're not going to play in these bowl games. You're not going to ride with your team because you're transferring. You know, sometimes it's the case where guys are transferring up to go play. Like, look at Jameer Gibbs at Georgia Tech going to play up at Alabama and be one mm-hmm. of the best running backs in the country. I just think you're. that's why it's so good the playoff system is moving to 12 because now you are going to get more meaningful football. But really the only meaningful football left is – the two semifinal games and the national championship game. That's it. Because 100%. even like you said, the Rose Bowl, star players aren't going to play in big games like that. Which is so sad because the Rose Bowl, as they say, the granddaddy of them all. Yeah. <laughs> but no longer the granddaddy of them, of them all. Unless so, it's a semifinal unless game. Unless it is a semifinal. That's very, very true. And now it will be. Yeah, I mean, that. not to open this can of worms, but... It's a it's another reason why it's a good thing we're headed to a twelve team playoff because it you know improves the the meaningful football left to be played later this year. I don't know. I I do like the idea of the transfer portal, and this is not specific to Virginia Tech. Like I get why all these ten guys are leaving. Whether it is a transfer portal thing, well, whether it whether or not it is it is a playing time thing, whether or not it is a better opportunity thing, like a Caleb Smith, he can go be a part of a more dynamic offense. I mean, we all know how bad Virginia Tech's offense was this year, so he can be a part of a more dynamic offense. Jason Brown, if he gets that seventh year, he wants an opportunity to finally play. Mm-hmm. You know, he played a little bit no, at South understandable. Carolina. Understandable. Yeah. You know, he played a little bit at South Carolina. Didn't really get his opportunity at Virginia Tech. Beat Florida. Beat Florida. Beat Auburn. Really good quarterback at St. Francis at the FCS level. And now can go elsewhere and maybe have an opportunity to do something, maybe at the group of five level. We'll see if he gets that seventh year. I hope he does. So for others, you know, I, I get it. It really does make sense for a lot of people, whether it's playing time, whether it's better opportunity. But for a lot of people, too, I'm a little like... I just don't know. Is it is the grass really greener on the other side? And again, I'm not pinpointing anything when it comes to Virginia Tech. I'm pinpointing everything when it comes to college athletics and college football. Well, I did a project in on this last year in in one of my classes, and um, 
I don't know the exact number at this point in time. I did when it was relevant to last year. Um, those numbers obviously could have changed up to this point. But to put it in a broad spectrum, it is no guarantee that you land anywhere. 100%. Uh, there's guys that enter the portal, even from bigger schools that enter the portal, and then they don't end up getting a landing spot, and all of a sudden their scholarship's gone, they're no longer playing collegiate athletics. Like, what do you do at that point? So they're also, speaking of... Uh, of 3.45 p.m., as of 3.50 p.m., there is now an 11th transfer who portal entry. It is Tink Boyd, okay. a reserve wide receiver. Okay. He is somebody who could go elsewhere and better opportunity at the group of five FCS level. But, yeah, transfer portal has really changed everything when it comes to college athletics. I mean, everything. This is, uh, with NIL now, too. With as we speak. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, look at what is Deion, what is Deion Sanders going to do at Colorado? <laughs> It's the transfer awesome. portal is They're going good, to that's gonna be good work for that in program. his favor, hundred percent, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, okay, so I want I kind of want to take this conversation into this, and and it's very very broad, and it's very all speculation, but it is fun to have, and we'd love to hear your comments as well as as far as what you think about this. Who do you want to see Virginia Tech target? I like, I mean, like I'm just gonna put it There's out there and so say like, why people. not? It's, it probably will never Look happen. Camera. Look in the camera. Yeah, it's probably not going <laughs> to happen, but why not toss it out there? I want DJ Uyungle. <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> um, I got to believe Virginia Tech is going to add a quarterback. Like you asked me before we went on the show, is Grant Wells going to be the starter next year? And what was my response? He's going to have, to, have earn to earn it. it. I think they're going to add another quarterback. And... That also means if Grant Wells is going to be the starting quarterback, he's going to be much improved next year. Here's the problem. What's the problem? You can only, and I have to give credit to Chris Coleman for this, you can only add so much talent to the point where you still have to be coached. And I don't think necessarily last, I mean, it was a, I don't think the quarterback position specifically was a talent issue because the numbers show that Grant Wells would have been better off staying at Marshall as far as his, um, what his product that he would have put on the field. Yeah, and I don't think that has anything to do with Grant Wells as much as it does the coaching he had and the players that he had around him. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. He's going to have to earn the starting spot next year, though. Jason Brown's not going to be in the picture. Devin Farrell. I want to see probably, Devin Farrell. Play. I don't know. He could need another year. Maybe he competes for the job. Who knows? Who knows? Who you know? Who really knows? I could see. I don't see DJ Uyunglele no, coming to Virginia Tech, yeah, no. especially being a West Coast guy. There are a couple quarterbacks out there they could potentially target. Maybe Keaton Slovis. I'd be surprised. <laughs> you, His you name typically is escaping don't, me. You First typically name. don't go in your conference either. Although, Although Pitt, Pitt's Kovic's doing going it, to yeah. Pitt. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, there's no rules. That's the thing. Like, like in the NFL, a lot of the times teams will say, you want to get traded, fine, we'll trade you, but we're not trading you in the division. Right. We don't want to have to play you twice a year. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, with blockbuster trades and these guys requesting trades or demanding trades, the team, a lot of times, their their hands are hands are cuffed a little bit, and they're like, fine, we'll trade you, but we're not trading you in the division. Well, there are four and five with Dracovic, although he's now off the board. There are and were five ACC quarterbacks that are going to be sought after. Dracovic's now gone. He's going to remain in the ACC. Jeff Sims mm. will be a hot commodity. DJ Uyunglele. Twitter, Twitter is blown. Tech fans are saying they want Jeff Sims. I can't see Jeff Sims coming to Virginia Tech, though. I mean, if he's leaving Georgia Tech, he wants to be involved in a, in a better offense. Well, it also seemed like, and we don't want to speculate, but it could have been a a culture issue there. Yeah, but Brent Key's now remaining the head coach. Yeah. You got something, Kyle? Spencer Sanders, 
Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma mm. State. That's not in the ACC, but yes, he entered the portal. The quarterback, just quarterback, yes, QB. Probably will not. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I want Max. Brennan Duggan. Armstrong. <laughs> he's Max, not. Gonna, he's not going to transfer, but I want him. Brennan Armstrong. So much Brennan Armstrong left Virginia. He's going to be a hot commodity. Yeah, there's no way. He and can. then, can you imagine now, that would blockbuster be trade goes from that would UVA be something. To that tech. would be like that would be like Johnny Damon signing with the Yankees after he left the Red Sox. That would be like or Judge going to the Sox. Oh my gosh! Don't Sorry. even don't even remind me. I am <laughs> stressing about Aaron Judge. <laughs> And then Devin Leary may be the most sought-after quarterback in the transfer portal. People forget about how dang good Devin Leary is. I know. Is. I don't, there's no way we could contend for no, that, could No, we? no, no. I'm not saying he's going to be a target for Virginia Tech, but there are some quarterbacks out there. His name's escaping me. Christian starts with a V, back up from Penn State, has connections to Brent yeah. Fry, Tyler he, Bowen. He was heavily recruited by Let me look he'll up probably, his name. I guarantee you, my guess, he'll go to Syracuse because – but Syracuse with was, Schrader coming back? Sir, true. But Syracuse was his second choice. They heavily recruited him. Now I guess they're heavily recruiting him again. I, I always got to bring up Cuse. You guys know. know that. Christian V. Lukes? Yeah. Something like that? I don't know. I'm looking at an Austin Reed from okay. Western Kentucky. Apparently he's a guy who could land Austin Reed from Western Kentucky See, is drawing I'm, interest from Virginia Tech? I don't want any more of that. Upgrade from like it showed that it didn't really work this past year. Yeah, well, because you but, can't promise a guy can compete at the ACC level. But here's the thing: I want a Power Five. Guy. Here's the thing: How can you convince a Power Five quarterback who played to, to come go to Virginia play for Tech a three right and now? eight team? I know it's. I like how Brent Pry answered that question that Zach Mackey asked him at Tech Talk Live. He basically said, "You know, other schools are literally actively recruiting against us, saying, why would you go there? They went three and eight. They won three. Which games. they'd be silly. Why not would to? you go there?" They're one of the 10 worst offenses since 1980, statistically, yeah. according to Chris Coleman and and, and <laughs> that that dive we did the, uh, a couple weeks ago. So it's like, obviously, they're going to actively recruit against Tech. So Pry said he has to sell them on the culture. This is the vision. This is what we want to do. We want you to be a part of it. You just got to believe in it. And Dino Babers has that, that quote, belief without evidence. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> I can't say can't say I know that as much as you do, but yeah. no, I think I don't I don't know about specific quarterbacks Tech would want to add yet. You know, he's somebody the guy at Penn State to watch out for. The the one guy I would love to see the Hokies add, and it's gonna be tough. He's a former Power Five receiver, and he actually beat the Hokies this year at ODU, mm. and that's Ali Jennings the third. You said that he's yeah. a Highland Springs guy from right outside of Richmond, and he's getting all the Power Five attention you possibly could ask for. So I think it's gonna be tough. But if he's looking to stay in state and help rebuild this Virginia Tech offense. And with the Highland Springs connection to Virginia Tech, though he isn't coming straight out of high school, that would be somebody I would heavily, heavily pursue if I were Virginia Tech. So I'm pulling up the uh, 2023 uh, college football transfer portal right now. Let's just go to quarterback. Devin Leary is the highest rated one. Uh, DJU is second. Hudson Card from Texas is third. Um Guy from Old Miss, Jeff Sims is in here. Guy from Baylor, Western Kentucky, the one that uh, Kyle was talking about. Miami of Ohio, Brennan Armstrong, Malik Hornsby from Arkansas. Like, there's some solid even quarterbacks in here. I don't know. I You know, it's just. There's, there's a, a couple yeah. public offers that Virginia Tech has extended Kate to guys McNamara in committed to Iowa. Yes, he did. couple public offers that Virginia Tech has extended to guys in the transfer portal. Gage Keys, yep. a defensive line transfer from Minnesota. Gavin Holmes, 
a cornerback transfer from Wake Forest, who currently has offers from Texas, Arkansas, Virginia Tech, Houston, Kansas, Tulane, and Memphis. Mm. Who's the Who's the worst team on that list last year? Record-wise, it's Tech. Tulane's about yeah. to play in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Where did Houston finish this year? Mm, it wasn't a great year for Dana Holgerson, but record-wise, they did not win three games. They won more than that. And then there was one more I noticed as well. Houston went. Houston went seven and five. It's not a bad year. Okay. Five and three in conference play. So yes, yes, you're right. Virginia Tech was the worst on that list. Statistically, is the worst. John Collins in the portal from Notre Dame. Yes, yes, and his uncle, I believe, I know he went to Virginia Tech. I think he played at Virginia Tech. So his uncle played at Virginia Tech. I I feel like I've heard that. Jim Payne is his name. I wish Chris or Will or David were in here to correct me if I was wrong. Sean Collins, a defensive end transfer from Rutgers, is also in the transfer portal. He is somebody Virginia Tech has publicly pursued. There, there's some talent out in the portal. It, it's just, it's very hard to 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 get a guy when you won three games, and that's going to be the challenge that Tech faces. That's going to be the challenge that it really will test Brunt Prize vision and what he sells to recruits. Because you, you have to be creative. Ha- you have to be a salesman. You, you have, have to. to be a salesman. Have to be a salesman. You have to say, here's what we're selling. Are you going to buy? You want to be a part of our rebuild. I mean, well, you can thing. you can sell the history too and say we can get back to this, but that was so that was so long ago. I mean, the kids growing up now, like we don't remember. We weren't even alive when Michael Vick took Virginia Tech to the national championship game. You know how hard it is too. Like you got to get a guy that's like a sophomore, junior. There's no way you can get a guy that is has one year of eligibility left. Here, come spend your last year rebuilding. Yeah, like that's right. No, they don't want to do. They, they their goal is to go somewhere and win their last year. Like some of these guys just you want to play to, in a bowl game their last year in college. Hundred percent. You have to you have to rebuild and you have to get guys with multiple multiple years left that are out of the transfer portal. So the, and 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 the biggest thing, transfer portal or not, gotta develop the guys you already have and develop the guys that you're gonna bring in. Yeah. Because you can't just expect a guy like Jameer Gibbs is one example, or like Jordan Addison is one example, or like Rattler or whatever of guys that you can just plug in and they're instantly gonna be. That good, but very few out there. Very few. Grant, Grant Wells didn't fit that bill. No, a lot of people thought Grant Wells may potentially fit that bill. And yeah, was that unfair? Probably, but that didn't happen here. It certainly didn't happen here, and and it, it most certainly did not happen in the wide receiving core. Stephen yeah. Gosnell didn't perform here for whatever reason. The North Carolina transfer, Jaden Blue's the big one. I heard all about how good Jaden Blue was going to be at Virginia Tech. Put up awesome numbers at Temple. But there's proof that you can develop guys, and you you got. I, I'm so sorry to bring up Syracuse again. Guy that couldn't even start at quarterback at Mississippi State got moved to wide receiver. Said I don't want to play wide receiver. Leaves Mississippi State. Goes to Syracuse. Was not good in his first year. Then starts playing under the right coaches, Robert and I, and Jason Beck, who turned Brennan Armstrong into a monster at UVA last season. Ends up having a fantastic quarterback season. And that's all development and that's all coaching. That has nothing to do with raw talent because he couldn't even... I mean, he's. you have to be talented. You have to be good. You have to want it. But that is all coaching right there. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I guess, not to go down this rabbit hole, but that's why there have been some concerns raised about the offensive coaching staff. Those transfers, where did Jaden Blue's production go? Yeah. 
There was little to no production. There was little to no. David mentioned it on the podcast today. Even Caleb Smith did not have wide receiver one mm-hmm. numbers. The offensive line, the offensive line with who they brought back should have been one of the staples of this Virginia Tech team. Yeah, they all at best, and Chris talks about it on the podcast all the time, so everybody knows. At best, the offensive line stayed the same from last year across the board. Yeah. Nobody got better. Nobody got better. Some were worse. Parker Clements graded out way worse than he did last year. Yeah. Johnny Jordan, same type of deal. Caden Moore, same type of deal. Interesting. Well, this was a spirited and lively conversation. Someday I wanted to get to the point where we're literally arguing. That is quality sports talk we radio. We could do like an hour, 15-minute podcast on yes, this. We but don't we have can't. enough We don't time. have the time. It, 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 it really is. It, it will continue to develop. Again, we'll have more news in the next 10 minutes, and we'll have more news for you on Wednesday when we come back, uh, Virginia Tech, with one of the biggest home wins that they've had. Uh, actually, I can't really say that. They knocked off UVA. They, 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 they've had some big Biggest home wins. win of the season. Biggest win of the season up to this point. Hokies men's basketball is in good shape. Women win in Knoxville. We'll cover it after this. TSL Today on a Monday from Blacksburg. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back here on TSL today. Giovanni Heater alongside Carter Hill with you. Well, we had such a spirited conversation in the last segment. We just realized during the break, we just weren't quite ready to give up the transfer portal talk yet. And hey, it's the biggest day of the year for the transfer portal. So Carter, let's kind of dive back into that conversation. And we promised we'll talk a little bit of basketball, but they covered it in the podcast as well. So definitely go give a listen to that. Uh, and we will cover basketball at the end. Carter, a little more portal talk. What do you got? Nobody else has entered the portal for Virginia Tech, but actually as of five minutes ago, they did extend another offer to somebody. Okay. And that was, let's see here, Kent State grad transfer, Montre Miller, who is a cornerback. And that could really, really help out with their depth right there because with Armani Chapman leaving yep. and with DJ Harvey leaving, you're going to have Dorian Strong and Monsor Delane as your starting one and two, but you need some depth. And he's, he was a starter with the Golden Flashes, a solid team in the MAC this past season. So if you could add somebody like that, I think that would make sense. Actually, and I don't mean to talk too much here, Chris talked about on the podcast today, he thinks Virginia Tech is going to have to rebuild through the transfer portal by bringing in guys from the Group of Five and the FCS level. Because mm-hmm. like we talked about in the last conversation, what Power Five guy who contributed heavily is going to want to go to Virginia Tech, particularly on the offensive side of the ball? Very, very, very true. Um, One thing we talked about during the break that I thought was a really interesting point that I wanted to bring up on the show. If you're able to, and and it's so probably not going to happen, so I don't want people to get their hopes up, but if you were able to get a guy... Say DJ Uyunglele, but 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 forget him. Say like honestly, like a Drew Pine or somebody that wasn't cutting it at one of those bigger schools wants to drive, or or a guy like Hudson Card who was never a starter at Texas but played at the University of Texas what as a quarterback. He, what game did he play at? What game did he play in for Texas this year? He I don't he know. played in the Alabama game. Okay. He's the one that came off the bench and almost beat okay. Alabama. So there you go. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm sorry, you're fine. But, go ahead. but you bring in a 
Carter, a quarterback or a receiver or something with star power, mm-hmm. it's going to attract other people to come. So you ask the question, well, if DJ Uyunglele comes here, he's not going to have anyone, anyone to throw the ball to. How is it going to be any better? All of a sudden, a star quarterback like that comes to Virginia Tech, and then these receivers that are not necessarily these stars, I'm not saying like these top-notch guys, but you're going to get a lot more interest than you probably would have without him. He can bring people with him. Guys are in the talks. It happens in free agency in the pros all the time. Hey, yo, let's go to let's go play here yeah. together. Let's go build this. And they call it in basketball like a super team or whatever. Or or in football, players actively recruiting each other like um, Von Miller trying to get Odell Beckham to go play for the Bills and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and actively recruiting on Twitter and social media and whatnot. So you could have a guy that you bring in attract other players. Hundred percent. You touched on it perfectly with the professional sports model. We're seeing it right now with baseball. And I got to give Kyle, our producer behind the scenes credit. He brought up this phenomenal point in between segments. And with the professional, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) The professional sports side of things, we're seeing it now with Aaron Judge. Mm -hmm. He is the top free agent this year in Major League Baseball. And there are rumors that he is going to sign with a team in the next week or two because he wants a winning team around him. Of course, if he signs back with the Yankees, they're going to have a winning team around him. The Giants, for instance, don't have that right now. The Giants are a top suitor for him. If he signs with the Giants, he wants to give San Francisco enough time to build a team around him. What has always happened with LeBron when he goes somewhere? Cleveland, Miami, back to Cleveland, L.A., They build a super team around them. I'm not saying Virginia Tech's going to build a super team. But if you bring in a, let's say, Hudson Card from Texas, I don't even know if Virginia Tech has interest in him. But that type of player, all of a sudden, it's a whole lot more attractive for Ali Jennings III to come to Blacksburg. Yeah. Because somebody can throw to him. I think Grant Wells still has the talent to make that work with some of those top receivers. But again, perception is reality. The perception this year was three and eight. The reality was three and eight. That's it. Interesting. That was bars. That was bars (laughs) right there, Carter. All right. Is our portal conversation done? Can we talk a little basketball? We're good with portal conversations, yeah. All right. Heading into basketball, Virginia Tech, men's side, takes down the 18th-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels, handing them their fourth consecutive loss. Hokies 1-0 and in the ACC. Man, it's a good time to be a Hokie basketball fan. Really good time. For Virginia Tech to knock off. Just puts a smile on your face, Really good time to be a Virginia Tech basketball fan. For them to knock off North Carolina at home yesterday, it's still a big win. You got to love it. I know the Tar Heels are that baby blue lose. I I know. (laughs) Well, I was not there yesterday. Kyle and I were in Knoxville. I heard the atmosphere, and you can speak on this more than I can. The atmosphere was incredible. Oh, it was rocking. It was rocking. I called the game, and and it was very comparable to when you and I called the UVA Mm -hmm. game last year. I mean, just sell out Castle. Castle Guard was in full effect. Place was absolutely juiced. It was awesome. Orange was out. Awesome. Very orange. orange. Out. Very orange. Very a little orange. bit of Carolina blue, I'm sure. Yeah, it, was a good, it was a good 20%. I mean, Carolina, they travel well, and they're willing to go to the game. Do they know, travel so. well, or do they just have... Lots of fans everywhere. Bandwagons. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you wow. said what we're all thinking. But, no, North Carolina... They weren't playing well. Even they didn't have Armando Baycott yesterday. That yeah. had a big factor. I'm sure it did. He's their big guy down low, preseason ACC player of the year. Yeah. But they weren't playing well before they lost him. I mean, they were already losing three games. They Granted, lost to Indiana. 
I don't I think know he Tech was... scores 30 points inside the paint or outscores oh, yeah. them by 30 in the paint with, oh, with Baycott no in doubt. the game. No but doubt. Yes. No doubt. I mean, look at the matchups last year with Armando Baycott. He had a quote-unquote rough game against Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament semifinals. And if I'm remembering correctly, he still had a double-double. Same with the game in Chapel Hill. That's what he Same does. with the game in Blacksburg, because Kevin Luma adjusted pretty well against them after that first half in Chapel Hill last year. But this North Carolina team, they lost to Indiana last week. They lost two games in the PK-80, I believe, was the tournament out in Portland. They lost to both Iowa State and Alabama in that four-overtime game. And quite frankly, I watched this game on Thanksgiving. They were very fortunate to beat a Portland team. And that's not where North Carolina wants to be. They were close with College of Charleston in the Dean Dome, and now College of Charleston beat the Hokies. So I guess it's a common opponent, but you can't really dog them too much there. But they're close with the College of Charleston. Nothing had really been clicking for North Carolina. And Chris brought up a fantastic point on the podcast this morning. North Carolina last year made this awesome run in the NCAA tournament. But where were they seeded? Do you remember? They were an eight seed. They pretty much brought back the same team minus Brady Manick. And they and added Brady Pete, Manick was really, 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 really good. good. They added Pete Nance from Northwestern. I think Manick's better than Oh, Nance. I agree. I agree. But that I'm not yesterday shocked. Manick was carving up the Hokies last year. Because what? Carolina was preseason number one in the country? Yeah. I'm not surprised that they're not a top 10, top 15 team. I'd be surprised if they don't make the NCAA tournament. Their fans are losing their mind on Twitter right now. I'm sure. Not an NCAA tournament team. I'd be shocked if they weren't in the big dance. I don't think I don't think they're any more than a top 20 team. Because I've ironically enough, just because like my mom went to Carolina and I have a lot, a lot of family that went to Carolina. So I watch a lot of their games. I actually have watched them in pretty much every single game except for yesterday's game. And they don't look the part of a top 10, top 15 team. They're probably top 20 at best. Neither does Gonzaga. Same thing, in yeah. my opinion. I haven't seen a lot of Gonzaga. Gotcha. But. Well, that's just a conversation for another day. ACC Player of the Week goes to none other than the guy that they've been calling El, El Nino. Nino. <laughs> Justin Mutz, Jay Muddy, 21.5 points a game, 10.0 rebounds a game, shooting the ball 65.5% from the field. All in the last week. Jay Muddy, ACC Player of the Week. Nice honor for him. Well-deserved. He went off for 27 points and 11 boards yesterday on top of shooting the ball 100% from the free throw line, which he's been struggling with. Granted, yes. he only took two free throws. <laughs> and 100%, 100% from, from deep, downtown. Right? Yeah. One for one on the day. But he also shot the ball from the floor 75% yeah. and scored 27 points. That's crazy to think. 75% from the floor and only two of those points came from the charity stripe. Yeah, yeah. Well, Justin Mutz has to be that guy down low for Virginia Tech. Grant Bazilli is still coming on for the Hokies. The grad transfer from Wright State clearly isn't what Kebe Aluma was. Now, I think he can get close to that point, but it's still coming on for him, getting used to the system, especially at the ACC level. But Justin Mutz is, as John Roth, uh, as John Rothstein likes to say, or likes to say, he's that glue guy for Virginia Tech. And it really is more than a glue guy for Virginia Tech. When he can put up 27 yeah, I was points, say, yeah. he's more than a glue guy. I mean, he's what makes the engine go for the Hokies. He was a glue guy. I think last year he was a glue guy. He was yeah. not scoring 27 points in a game a year ago. He didn't have a triple-double He's not going to put up 27 points every single night. But yeah. when you can put up that type of performance against the mighty Carolina Blue at Castle Coliseum, when the whole country's watching that one, I'm, I'm calling this now. On the show, I was talking with Will about this off air. Ten years from now, as long as Mike Young is still the head coach, ten years from now, you will see Justin Mutz on the coaching staff. Yeah, 
I, I think he's that. that kind of a player. He well, Mike loves Young, Virginia Tech Mike Young so much. raves about Justin Mutz's basketball IQ, too, and how much he loves the game of basketball. And he'd be willing to come back here because he loves it here. Yeah, why is he here? I mean, he's going to go do his thing. He's going to go test the waters in the NBA if he has to play overseas a little bit, whatever. I'm saying 10 years from now, he'll be on the coaching staff. If Yes, Kyle, is. we'll speak in the mic for him. What do you got? Well, I just wanted to add that Justin Mutz IQ, not just for basketball, but in general. That's true. He's a genius. Yes, that's true. Yeah, so he's Kyle said his IQ in general yeah. is through the roof. I mean, he's on his, what, third degree? Something like that. Fourth yeah. degree? I don't know. I he's, I, he's doing I don't something with educational factual, psychology, so I don't want to say it. I'll say it, but I don't know. I'm I'm prefacing it that I don't know if it's 100 percent factual. But I saw that he's got a, a a bachelor and two masters, and now he's working on his second bachelor's. Yeah, he is. Okay, he's gotten. So there you go. Yeah, so he's gotten. That's right. Bachelor, two masters on his second bachelor's. Dude, I'm like he was at high point. Like, got a degree from. I think he's gotten halfway through the first bachelor's. I know. <laughs> Not even. And you're like. Get me out of school. <laughs> so let me just talk about sports. Yeah, let me just talk about sports. No, he. <laughs> so I. He. I know he got a degree from Delaware. He was a high point before that, and now he's on his second or third degree at Virginia Tech. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> uh, we love sports. All right. Oh, anything sports. else? Oh, women's side. Yeah, let's get to the women's seventh side. in the country, highest in program history. I mean, we, I don't want to beat a dead horse here because we talk about it. I don't want to beat a dead treadmill horse because we just continue to talk about it. But they're they're fantastic, and they're just very, very good. They are just very, very good. So <laughs> you, gotta, you, you called the game at, yeah, at Tennessee. Kyle I didn't and I went get to, to watch it because I was doing the men's so game. So Kyle and I went to Tennessee yesterday. That? It was a really good experience. Kyle, if you want, like put, put the camera on this one and come to this, come to the fourth chair, and you can talk in the mic if you want and kind of talk about this. Because we, we talked about it a little bit on the podcast this morning. I thought it was very, very unique to see Virginia Tech play in an arena filled with close to 9,000 people. Here comes Kyle. Yeah, I close to 9,000 people. I don't know. What did you think about the, did the you atmosphere? Put the, you put the... I put four up. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four. Okay. So what did you think about the atmosphere in Knoxville? I thought <laughs> I it was... just injected myself in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> is hilarious. said, come over Knoxville? Yeah, how was Knoxville? It was great. Well, as a New Yorker, Geo, going to Tennessee for the first time was cool. I'll tell you the hospitality at Knoxville. So it thank was. you again to the people over at the Lady Vols uh, organization because the hospitality at Knoxville was fantastic. But when it comes to basketball, it was just as exciting. Um, the stadium, uh, Thompson Bowling Arena, is incredible. 21 and a half thousand they hold. It used was it to that be, much, really? Well, it wasn't in attendance, but that's how much they hold. Oh, I believe yeah, yeah, the yeah. number was upwards of eight, 9,000. Yeah, it was right around 9,000. And so we were talking with Eric, the SID for the women's team there. And um, yeah, he mentioned it used to be 25,000 seats at Thompson Bowling Arena. They added some uh, skybox seats and you know stuff like that. So it went down to 21 and a half, which is still gargantuan for a basketball arena. Yeah. And and so the expected attendance for a really, really popular cult following uh, Tennessee Lady Vols squad was 8,000 to 9,000-ish. And we were remarking Hit that, that, like, mark, that yeah. is a sold-out Castle Coliseum. Yeah. So that tells you how big it's, a basketball game it was, it was is. Very, it was extremely loud in there for the final possession. This is a game Virginia Tech led from start to finish. We talked about it last night. We talked about it on the phone. But it was one of those where it was like the Hokies were up two, then they were up four, then they were up six, back down to three. 
Tennessee was always within striking distance. They just couldn't strike. Had two opportunities to tie the game within the last 10 seconds. Just couldn't do it. And Virginia Tech holds on. Didn't have Ashley Wusu. It looks like they're not going to have Ashley Wusu for quite some time. Kenny Brooks told Chris Hirons yesterday she's, she'll be out indefinitely. Of course, the grad transfer All-American from Maryland. Another mm. solid women's basketball program up there in College Park. But Kiana Trailer stepped up. They're off. showing they can win without her. Absolutely. Well, they're equipped to with Kiana Trailer, who typically comes off the bench. She's not going to start. She comes off, well, she started yesterday, put up 18 points and facilitated the offense extremely well with Georgia Amor out for a good chunk of the first half yeah. because she got in foul trouble. And might I add, too, like when it came down to the matchups we saw in Tennessee, a program that's historically successful, they were struggling this season. But in terms of personnel, Tamari Key down low, their center, is an accolade winning center at six foot six. Probably the only girl Liz Kitley has seen all season long that has more physicality than her. So well, it was going to come down to card play because sure enough, Tamari Key and Liz Kitley kind of canceled each other out. I don't think either of them had uh, double figures in scoring. So, yeah, it did come down to they, guard play and we didn't have Kayana trailer. So mm-hmm. uh, it, the guards still outperformed Tennessee. It was really cool to see. Well, it was the second consecutive year that Liz Kitley had some trouble with Tamari Key. Kitley only put up six points. She had a big bucket late to really put this game away. At that moment, a couple missed free throws and a turnover that was pretty controversial got the Lady Vols back in the game. But Kitley responded when need be. The the big story is Kayana Trailer. I mean, in the starting lineup now, 18 points. I mentioned with Amor with her foul trouble, not only was she now playing a bigger role, one she probably should be playing and probably would be playing at 95% of the other schools around the country, but she also, I mean, she stepped up at the point guard role too. And says, I mean, it, it says everything about this Virginia Tech women's basketball team and the culture that Kenny Brooks has instilled in Blacksburg. Carter, I think you've hit all the points. I'm going to go back to producing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. we got to wrap this up. We're going to wrap up the show right there. Uh, it was fantastic, Kyle. Appreciate it. Thank you for being on. Uh, that'll do it for us on uh, TSL today. We apologize for going a little bit long today. Just so much to cover. Men's and women's basketball absolutely killing it. Uh, on the other side of things, the football transfer portal is certainly a big storyline to cover. So, again, we apologize for going long. Hope you made it home safe on your drive. Thanks so much for listening. TSL today on a Monday, and we'll see you on Wednesday.